There's two types of doubt, I think. There's, there's, there's um, the unhealthy, skeptic doubt that leads towards an unbelief. And that, that's been sort of spoken of uh, more often in the church than any other type of doubt. Uh, matter of fact, it's probably the only kind talking about, so it's seen in negative light. There's another kind of doubt that's, uh, that I think is healthy. It, 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 it uh, questions uh, assumptions that we've made that we don't really believe. <clears throat> we, 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 we've been told to believe them, uh, but in our heart, in, a, in the recesses of our mind, we don't really believe it. And so without doubt, we just kind of hook, line, and sink or take the corporate line and we become a company man and just this we espouse these different viewpoints and we don't really believe in them so i think there's uh so so that kind of doubt is actually good i to 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 question as to why why do 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 i believe this or don't believe that yeah the disciple thomas sometimes better known as doubting thomas is probably the most maligned apostle besides judas he often comes up as a cautionary tale to believers the ultimate example of faith strangled by unbelief But what if Thomas was just the one who said what everyone else was thinking? He represents a fight almost every believer faces in their walk with God. Jesus didn't ignore Thomas's questions either. He lovingly reached out to his doubtful disciple. At points, the Bible even encourages believers to question what they're told about God. Paul praises the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 for carefully comparing his messages with scripture before believing him. So how should we view doubt? In this episode, Gary talks about how doubt can hurt Christians, but also how it can be one of our most useful tools for understanding God better. Now here's our host, Bob Dimmer. Well, welcome back to another Gary Wilkerson podcast. And uh, today, Gary, we're going to talk about a topic that it seems just about every Christian deals with, but we don't talk about, and that's the topic of doubt. In fact, I was looking at a recent Barna survey said two-thirds of Christians deal with doubt. And in that same survey, it said one of the six reasons young people leave the church is because the church is unfriendly to doubters. Mm-hmm. So here we have this issue that we're all concerned about, but the church won't talk about, and we seem to be across purposes. Why is this yeah. happening, do you think? There's two types of doubt, I think. There's, there's, there's um, the unhealthy, skeptic doubt that leads towards an unbelief. And that, that's been sort of spoken of uh, more often in the church than any other type of doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, it's probably the only kind I'm talking about, so it's seen in negative light. There's another kind of doubt that's, uh, that I think is healthy. It, 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 it uh, questions uh, assumptions that we've made that we don't really believe. <clears throat> we, 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 we've been told to believe them, uh, but in our heart, in, a, in the recesses of our mind, we don't really believe it. And so without doubt, we just kind of hook, line, and sink or take the corporate line and we become a company man and just this we espouse these different viewpoints and we don't really believe in them so i think there's uh so so that kind of doubt is actually good I, to, to 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 question as to why why do do I, do I believe this or don't believe that yeah it becomes personal when we doubt and answer our questions mm-hmm. and i guess do you doubt oh yeah yeah uh, doubt is one of my doubt is one of my favorite tools it it I grow more through doubt than I do through anything. I think pain and suffering is is probably second, uh, but doubt is the thing. And I know that sounds sounds probably odd for a, a Christian leader to to express that. My, I, maybe I'm masochistic or something, but I take great joy in my doubts. Mm-hmm. Not not the kind of doubt that there's two types of doubt, as I said. There's a there's a doubt that can lead towards an unhealthy, unresolved conflict with God. But the kind of doubt I'm talking about that I enjoy. Is is to take um, ideas, concepts, worldviews, 
and then question them. Do I really believe this? Do I, is, is it something I want to believe? What's the impact of this belief? Uh, so you know, I think Jesus did this with the Pharisees. He actually was instigating doubt in them. Like, you know, I know he came to preach truth and that truth has set you free, but I think he had to take them through doubt first. Don't you doubt that God is the, who you think he is? You know, to the, your old worldview of God being a Zeus-like character with lightning bolts um, and, his, and an angry spirit and just uh, uh, line yourself to the 613 laws or he's going to get you. Jesus, I think Jesus came to, to, to cast doubt on that, to, to tell it. And, and you know who was affected by that was Nicodemus. The doubt got to him, and so he snuck over to Jesus at night and said, I'm having a hard time with this, man. I'm, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. I'm locked in this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm good to go. I, I, but when I hear you teach, it, it makes me question my whole, my whole dogma, my whole, my, whole, my whole faith gets questioned. And so the, you know, doubt is defined as uh, a tension between two competing ideas. And so there's, there's only two ways to deal with those two competing ideas is either face it head on and come to a resolve or bury it, put it in denial and say, a good Christian doesn't think those thoughts, a good Christian. So, so the, the, the good doubt is, is, is something I, uh, again, like the Pharisees, if, if, if somebody has a worldview or an image of the nature and character of God being one of um, he's hard, he is unkind, he, he is he's quick to anger and judgment, and he's not for me, he's against me, then I want people to doubt that. So I want to, I want to teach the gospel in such a way that it that brings doubt to those presuppositions that are unhealthy for a follower of God to, to, to do that. So, so yeah, I just like doubt after doubt. So that, that revelation comes to me through, through my questions. And we probably, it's important to point out that doubt is not unbelief. Right. I think maybe some people confuse those two, but because you have doubts doesn't mean that you don't believe. Right. 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 Yeah. I guess we, we go to Thomas, who got the unfortunate moniker of doubting Thomas, but right. his wasn't unbelief. He was just looking for evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think he was probably one of the more honest of the disciples. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all of them wanted to put their hand mm-hmm. in his scars and touch his body because they were all, you know, they, when they saw him, remember they, they were locked behind a door and. And they came running and said, "No, Jesus is here." And they're like, you know, "We, we, we don't believe you." Um, they, they didn't have an expectation of his physically being there, but Thomas was kind of wondering, like, you know, w- "Will I see him again? Will I?" W-? You know, he wanted to touch him. He wanted. There was something, you know, doubt is intellectual, but it's also emotional. And I think uh, the reason I kind of like a little bit of what Thomas was going through there was, uh, I think emotionally he was longing to touch his friend again, mm-hmm. and so, so I, I, I you know. I don't. I don't give doubt the same place when I read scripture as maybe some of my friends might. Um, like, like another example is uh, when Peter gets. He's. It's, it says. I think it says it's three. In one translation, it's three a.m. in the morning, and uh, it's a great storm. Wind and waves come, and they're fighting against the waves. And at three a.m., Jesus comes walking on the water. Well, you know, things are, you know, have you ever noticed that things are scarier at 3 a.m.? Mm-hmm. You know, knock at the door at, you know, at 12 in the afternoon is fine, but if you hear something rattling at 3 a.m., it, 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 it's more. But to see somebody walking on water at 3 a.m. is, is fear-inducing. And so Jesus says, him, don't be afraid. Uh, Peter not only is not afraid, but he steps out of the boat. He asks Jesus, can I come to you? And Jesus says, come. And he starts walking on the water. Now look at this. Jesus says, uh, when, so Peter gets his eyes on the waves and he sinks. And Jesus says, uh, oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? Okay, so Jesus saw his sinking as 
an effect of his doubt. But I'm, put yourself in the perspective of the guys, 11 other guys in the boat. They, they were yelling. I, w- I would be yelling to Peter like, oh, you have great faith. Where did you get your ability to, you know, just even a step on the water? Like you took one step. So your, I think the view of doubt depends on how much faith you have. Mm. So on a scale of one to 10, Jesus has a 10 plus faith. And so Peter's five seems small. You got doubt. Look, you're not there. The guys in the boat had a one out of ten, and so they looked at Peter and said, "Great faith." So, so to, to me, when I see people that are are facing uh, serious situations that, that they might consider being doubt, they're questioning uh, certain assumptions that they've had in the past. The you can see it as either, you know, why are you doubting that, or you can see it as great faith. They're willing. To risk it. I think the fear that people have sometimes, they're so fearful of, of an angry God. Like, if I question this, then, then he's going to get mad at me. Um, he's going he's to punish me. He's going to withdraw from me. He's going to, uh, you know, uh, just, he's going to reject me because I have these questions of God. Where, whereas the alternative is, is, is kind of a, it's not real faith, it's a smug faith. It's, it, it, it says, I, I know it all, I've got it all, it's all contained in my dogma, and I don't need to be challenged on this, I don't need to be stretched on it. As a matter of fact, if you do challenge me, if you say something from the pulpit or in a book or in a conversation that starts making me doubt the, the previous uh, status quo that I've had before, then, I, then I, go, I go off. You know, I just, I either run from you or I reject it or feel like that was a terrible thing to say to me because cause you're, you're doing that. So... Now, on the flip side, I do understand taking this to an extreme and wallowing in your doubt, uh, making it despair. And it goes to what you're saying, then unbelief. Mm-hmm. It goes to unbelief. And I've, I've heard it said that uh, faith is God will. Uh, uh, doubt is God can, but there's a little question to it. Unbelief is God can't. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we're getting to the place, but I, but I believe doubt is meant to drive us to God will, uh, not drive us to God can't. And so, but without doubt, we may be in our, the, uh, does that make sense? In uh, mm-hmm. the back of our mind, we're, we think he can't, uh, but we're supposed to say he will. So we're, we're clinging to the smug faith that says, he, he will, he will, he will, he will. You know, we're trying like a parrot to talk ourselves into something we don't really believe. So I believe doubt is the, is the journey, uh, is this amazing process that we can go through. So given that, that point, uh, Doubt seems to draw us, cause us to think more deeply about what God has promised. So we, you know, we, we, if we doubt, we we look into it. We start examining. Given that, then why doesn't the church speak about doubts more often? Why do you think that is? Uh, fear. Hmm. I think there's a fear of um, where where to lead because because it's because it's dangerous. There can be doubt. Can if you're going into doubt without the the compass of of desiring true north, like I want this compass to lead me to truth. If you're going into doubt with sort of like a sense of, um, I, I want to challenge these things negatively. I'm not challenging my assumptions because I want to come to the other side with a greater revelation of God. I'm challenging my assumptions because I kind of want to disprove. I don't really believe what the church says to me. I don't really believe what the Bible says. And so I want to doubt to, to get to the point of, to get to unbelief. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, my uncle told me this too, is like even even atheists have unbelief. You know, they they, you know, like um, they doubt their doubts. They right? doubt their doubts. Yeah, it's like you know they're, they're having a they're having a you know a, a moment of of clarity, and it's like it seems like they're starting to believe, and that's, yeah. it's a, it's a it's a strange thing. So, 
the uh, but I do believe the church is. Um, I don't know. You know, there's so many good leaders and so many good churches that uh, you know. So I'm not painting the whole thing with one one brush. But I think there's a tremendous amount of, of sense in the evangelical church, particularly in America, that that has has a sense of you know this. We want we want things to be safe and orderly, and we want everybody to believe these things. And and a lot of the stuff we believe is not right. You know, it's not we're we're believing stuff that just need, needs to be. You know, we, we need Jesus to come to turn the tables upside down and and, and say, uh, you know, is this truth? And so that's. You know that what what I have in me that the Holy I believe the Holy Spirit put in me is 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 to use doubt to, to be a, a furnace to burn the dross of of uh, things that I think I believe but I really don't uh, or to maybe things certain things of God so in that that furnace then becomes almost like a birthplace uh, I think it burns the idols away. Uh, the idols of like you know, God will always give me whatever I want, uh, my, according to the American dream. Mm. Uh, that's that's idolatry, and so doubt. And then all of a sudden, God didn't give you what what you wanted. Something went wrong. Uh, your marriage didn't work out. You got a diagnosis that wasn't healthy, and that now so so the there's doubt. It's like well, I thought God was always just answering every prayer I ever prayed in the affirmative, and and He's here to bless me and keep me safe and protect me and. And, and it doesn't seem like that's happening, so I begin to doubt that. Well, you can either come out as in unbelief and be further from God, or you can use that, as I said, to burn away that idolatry of the American dream as being part of the gospel, and it's not. And it burns that away. And then what comes out of that furnace is a refined fire mm. of, of, a, of a pure, pure, the Bible calls it pure gold, pure, pure silver. It's refined, and the dross is burned away. And what's left is, is, a, is a better image of God, a truer image of God. Um, and, it, and, it, and, it, and you come through it with, with maybe you come through it with some scars and some wounding. Like uh, that was a, that was a tough battle I, I had to fight. But now I see God. You know, and uh, Job when he went through his his questioning time, you know, came through. I, I used to hear of God, but now I see Him. So I think doubt can, in in the context of a humble and contrite heart, can take us to the places God wants us to be, uh, rather than repressing them. Uh, I think th- I think those people are. I don't know about you, Bob, but I I find them to be. And this is going to sound judgmental. I don't mean to. I want. I don't want my heart to be that way. But I find when I'm around people like that, I can tell they've not processed uh, some questions and some doubts. And I find them to be very shallow, and they can parrot uh, concepts and ideas and quote scriptures. Uh, but one storm comes along and it you know it rocks their world. Whereas somebody who's gone to the Word of God and gone to their friends and gone to Christian community and gone into the depths of their heart and gone to the heart of God and been through that fiery furnace, they, they, they come out and there's something about them and you just, you just want to be around them because they're, they're, not, they're, not, um, they're not shallow. There's, there's a depth that, that has been brought, brought about that. So I, I think all great uh, biblical scholars, uh, all great contemplative um, Prayer warriors, thinkers, um, the, 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 the historical men and women of God who have made an impact have, have all been through this kind of fire. Uh, otherwise, you just become very shallow. And that's where you get these messages in churches today that are, you know, three steps of how to make more money or five steps to be content in your job. And all those can be fine. Uh, but, if, but, you know, if you do that 52 Sundays a week, you know, 10 years later, you're going to have really, like, 
you might have a church that's a mile wide, but it's going to be you know, an inch deep, and it's and it's and it's, and it's going to be, you know, you're lacking in faith, and and when when then when you're tested, you find that it's um, easily the root, there's there's no root, so it's easy easily plucked up, um, an untested faith, or or when a drought comes and there's that spiritual dryness time, um, it, it withers very quickly. So much you said there is so good. Uh, the first thought that comes to mind is: Are those who do those churches that do fail to take on those questions because they are afraid even to ask the question? You wonder who has less faith in a case like that. That's right. The yeah. one asking the yeah. question, the one that doesn't want to answer because they're afraid of where it might go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you would hope that those churches that are doing this, and I understand it's not all of them, but there right. are a few, yeah. would want to take on those hard questions, also realizing that. It's not their job to answer the question. The Holy Spirit will reveal much of that, won't it, in those hard mm-hmm. times? Yeah. Again, if you're going into it with that, the desire for the compass to lead you north, then you're, you're, he is better at bringing you out of your questions and doubts than you are of, uh, of yourself just trying to get out of them. And so you know, maybe an analogy would be like you and I have both done CrossFit, and um, those who are uh, more versed in it than we are, We'll get tired of a certain exercise, pull-ups, or maybe uh, you know a 400-yard dash, whatever. And they'll put this. Have you seen it? It's a, in a, the gym we go to. They have these vests. Uh, they're they're weighted vests, yeah. and so you can do instead of doing 10 pull-ups by yourself, you do 10 pull-ups with the vest, and it is, <laughs> extra torture. It gives you extra torture. <laughs> well, so to me, that's that's a kind of a. It's not the best analogy, but it's a little bit of of doubt. It will work your muscles quicker and harder to go through the doubt. You don't want to live with that vest on, though. Mm. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't after after you're done, you, you, want, to you, you want to get it yeah. off. Yeah. Like so, you don't want to live in doubt. You don't want to, uh, and that, and that's where some people end up getting rather um, dour and sour and unhappy and unpleasant, uh, and uh, and maybe distraught of spirit uh, because they're allowing doubt to be their modus operandi. That's where they they live in that, and yeah. it's it's just meant to exercise. It's an exercise yeah. more than it is a lifestyle. Using another athletic metaphor, I, I've done a lot of bicycling, and a few years ago I had an accident. It was on a day that we had snow in the morning, and then they put put sand on the roads as they normally do, but a beautiful day here in Colorado, as often happens. And I'm diving, flying down a hill and diving into a corner, and down I went and really messed up my shoulder. I'd have surgery. It was When I got back on the bike, I was so afraid. I doubted my ability on the bike after that mm-hmm. happened. Almost to the point where you, I just don't know if I want to ride anymore, yeah. which would be the doubt causing you to lose faith. Right. right. But it, I realized also it made me a better rider, and that I could I I doubted my ability to recognize the situation, but it taught me what to look for so it wouldn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was a it was a good thing and a bad thing both at the yeah. same time. But it would have been easy to say I'm just done with the bike. Yeah, you're absolutely right. To take that analogy and put it into the let's let's say the context of uh, your your view of God. So so you have the sense of Him being. Uh, angry and cantankerous and vengeful, and and you begin, you have an experience where you are desperate for to be loved and, and accepted and forgiven and cleansed, and so you you kind of crash into this thing, and all of a sudden you come out and say, oh, okay, so next time I get into that place of feeling um, um, like that he's angry at me and stuff, okay, I've had this confrontation with God and I saw that he was good so so it changed my image and now I know what to look for I, I, I can read the signs a little bit better You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast Doubt can be hard for us to wrestle with especially if we're afraid that it means we're losing our faith but if we open up to God about our fears he won't leave us to struggle alone God promises to walk alongside us through every dark valley and give us a spirit of discernment as we examine our doubts 
If you would like regular reminders of God's promises, our weekly 86 seconds devotional will be a wonderful resource for you. In each devotional, Gary encourages viewers with biblical truth and God's words to his children. Look for our new 86 seconds devotional videos at worldchallenge.org slash 86 seconds. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. In next week's episode, Gary will continue the discussion about doubt and how God uses it in our lives. We hope to see you next time in the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.